I believe that you can be recovered from this. I strongly believe that you can actually overcome this. It's been a long time since I've told people I had an eating disorder. I had an eating disorder and recovered. This is the Butterfly Podcast from your friends at Butterfly, Australia's national voice for eating disorders and body image issues. I'm Sam Eichen. We've talked about recovery a lot on this show. The main point that we keep trying to drive home is that recovery is possible. You've heard not just me, but experts, clinicians, researchers and survivors all saying the same thing. Recovery is possible. But that way of thinking has only come to prominence in the last few years. Before that, eating disorders were treated as a lifelong condition that had to be constantly managed if they were treated at all. They were almost treated like addictions. That is, until a woman in the US took on her own eating disorder and won. My name is Carolyn Costin, and I have been in the eating disorder field for about 40 years. That's really weird when I say it. Uh, <laughs> actually, a little bit more than 40 years. She's known all around the world as a pioneer who transformed the way eating disorders are treated. But when she realised she had a problem decades ago, the whole concept of eating disorders was mysterious and really poorly understood. I think I was 14. My friends and I all went on a diet and... Uh, I, having the perfectionistic tendencies that I did, I just became very controlling around it and I didn't want to let it go. You take the temperament, you combine it with the fact that diet culture was really strongly, um, especially hitting people my age because Twiggy was out modeling and things like that. You know, it sort of hijacked my brain because I have the perfect temperament for it, the perfectionistic tendencies, and nobody knew what was happening. So at first I got all this praise for it until it just got worse and worse. This is before there was you know, journals, none of the eating disorder journals were around. And there were a few newspaper articles and things like that, but it was hard to get good information about eating disorders at that time. Carolyn realised that she had a pretty big problem and it was getting worse. She needed to do something, but there was no specialised treatment back then. So she started to pave her own way. And it turns out she had an uncanny, almost intuitive understanding of what she needed to do. There wasn't any treatment. There was no such thing as an eating disorder dietitian. I tried to go to a couple therapists. They had never seen anyone with anorexia before and, you know, said some pretty weird things we won't go into. And so I did a lot of work on myself. And so uh, I put a lot of that um, into the practice. And then there are just so many things that I think that I did that have turned out to be very... Well, it sounds like tooting my own horn a lot, but it turns out, you know, I was doing CBT before I even knew what CBT was, meaning that instead of going back and doing the psychodynamic psychotherapy, I was asking people, write down what you eat, tell me your thoughts about those foods, circle what you are purging, and, uh, you know, just getting into the weeds, and that's what you have to do. So while lots of medical professionals were still coming to terms with the fact that eating disorders existed in the first place, Carolyn Coston was in the early stages of developing a world-changing treatment plan. I 
really was recovered. I mean, I I had gained the weight back and I had mitigated all the different kinds of things like the perfectionism and done things, uh, principles and different skills to ease my anxiety and all these things. And so I just started treating people. And then of course, over time, started seeing other people who were treating people. I didn't really have an intention to specialize in eating disorders, but I had been a school teacher prior to that. And the principal at my high school had said, um, you know, there's this girl that had that thing you had. And this was back in about 1978. And when I, um, when I worked with her, it was just one of those things that I felt like I was inside her head. I, I, I knew all the questions to ask and I kind of, I got her on her way. She became recovered and um, then someone else referred me somebody. And so I started making a, a small name for myself in this area. And then ultimately, you know, in some ways, right place, right time. Because I was recovered, I just treated people as if they could be recovered. And I've never really looked back from that stance. Six books later and running several hospital programs and opening up the first residential treatment center in the United States, I, I, I've kind of been uh, doing, doing a lot in the eating disorder field. By CBT, Carolyn's referring to cognitive behavioural therapy, which is part of the model of care, which we'll get to shortly. That treatment centre was called Montenito, and the first one opened in Malibu, California. About a dozen others followed all across the United States. And until very recently, Australia hasn't had anything similar. To give us some insight into what has been available in Australia, we're going to talk to Sienna from Sydney. I'm 23 years old. I study at UTS. I have one more year left of a five-year degree and I work part-time. Sienna's eating disorder first started to get out of hand when she was about 15 years old and she spent years going in and out of Australia's hospital system. Each time was completely different. Each time was worse in terms of how severe my eating disorder got and the tricks I'd say I picked up on whilst being in a hospital for an eating disorder. So there was a lot of work for me to do when I got out. Um, And I still didn't understand what an eating disorder was. I didn't really know where to go. All I knew was that I didn't want to get better because I just didn't think I was sick. For someone to tell me you need to gain weight was like, what are you speaking about? I just went into hospital, I'm done, I'm good. (laughs) Leave me alone. Yeah, it was pretty much just, you know, the waiting game at the end of the day. By the fourth time was, You know, I'd go into hospital, I'd get a bit better, not mentally, physically, go out, come back in. And yeah, it was a pretty vicious cycle for me and for my family. It just got worse every time. What I found about the hospital settings, you know, first of all, not every patient needs the 24-hour care in a hospital. We're all the medical, not everybody who needs 24-hour care needs acute medical care. And I thought there, there was a big mistake in putting a lot of people who, yes, they needed to be monitored and supervised and have an external structure and have people around for support, but, but they weren't medically compromised, so they didn't really need to be in a hospital. 
The need for a specialised treatment centre started to take shape in Carolyn's mind in the 1980s. Rather than focusing more on the symptoms like they do in the hospitals, she wanted to create a place that taught patients how to continue to get better when they left and went back to their homes and their families and their jobs and all the factors that were there when the eating disorder started in the first place. I need to have a place where people can go and we teach them the real life skills that they need to use when they get out of treatment. Otherwise, it was a revolving door. And I honestly have seen that a lot in my visits to Australia. And, and, and patients who have come here for treatment with me from Australia, I think my record was a girl in her 20s who had been hospitalized 21 times because of the inability to sustain the gains that she made in a hospital because there what there just what isn't an opportunity in a hospital setting to do all those skill-based um, treatments at this point in the story it's starting to become really clear that australia needs its own version of montenegro well it's very nearly got one it's based on queensland's sunshine coast and it's called wanda Nerida. it's based on 17 years of treatment in montenegro centers in the united states but that name, Wanda Nerida, has got a really special significance. Yes, actually, it was uh, gifted to us by the local Gabi Gabi people uh, up in the Malula Valley. You might recognise that voice. That's the CEO of the Butterfly Foundation and all-round good guy, Kevin Barrow. We haven't spoken to him since episode one, and we really should get him on more often. It means to gather together to blossom, uh, which is a, a lovely name. And in context of Wanda Nerida is very much what we're trying to achieve with the individuals who attend the facility. When it opens, Wanda Nerida will be Australia's only specialist residential eating disorder recovery centre. And the emphasis is on recovery. Using Carolyn Costin's holistic treatment approach, Wanda Nerida aims to help people fully recover. If you become acutely unwell with an eating disorder and you end up in a general hospital, often the focus is very much on the physical symptoms and so as a result, we kind of get a revolving door where that individual unfortunately may end up back in hospital. So Wanda Nerida, what we're seeking to do is to break that cycle. So we're looking to really tailor uh, care to the individual. And it may take several months to teach that individual the skills for recovery. So when they're discharged from the facility, they're much less likely to end up back in a hospital setting. I'm Dr. Zach De Beer. Uh, I'm a clinical psychologist by training, and I am the clinical director of Wanda Nerida here on the Sunshine Coast. Dr. Zach is in charge of the day-to-day running of Wanda Nerida, and he says that while a lot of the treatment has been inspired by Carolyn Coston's treatment and experience, this is a truly Australian holistic approach. Our model of care is obviously based on the Montenegro model, um, but we also wanted to develop something that's unique to Australia because you can't really just replicate things from from overseas. Um, so we we actually wanted to incorporate all the good things in the Carolyn Coston or in the Montanito model, but yeah, we yeah. also wanted to add things that's uniquely Australian. And also in the last 10 years, um, there have been real advances in, in practice and the treatment of eating disorders and um, you know, okay. and we wanted to incorporate some of those things as well. That holistic care, that's what what's required to be effective because some of these patterns and beliefs are so ingrained, um, you know, that that intensity is, is needed in treatment. 
before we dive any deeper into exactly what's going to go on at Wanda Nerida, let's go back to Sienna. She first heard about Montanito when she was in an outpatient program through Butterfly. I'd seen dozen therapists and each time, yeah, it was just was back to square one. So a lady named Christy, she was speaking and she had gone to Montanito, I think a few years prior, and she kept speaking about how wonderful it was, how she recovered from going there. Um, so she was um, she was a lived experience she was person a lived experience, that, that Butterfly yes. caught, brought in to talk to you. Okay. Yes, and I think that's the first lived experience I'd ever um, spoken to. That's a pretty key thing, though. You were years into treatment before you mm. started talking to people with lived experience, which is now accepted as something that is quite intrinsic in helping people to recover. Definitely. Yeah. I think even when I hear about people struggling, I'm like, oh, I'd love to help them. Because I know back then that could have been a key thing for me. I mean, in hospital, one of the therapies could have been, you know, someone coming in to speak to you and helping you through it that had been through it. But yeah, none of that was there. So I listened to her and I was like, that's pretty cool. But I just didn't think that was for me at the time. I didn't think that it was necessary for me to go somewhere to get better. And I also, you know, my eating disorder was my identity. I didn't really want to get rid of it that badly at that time. So then I went into hospital one more time and that's when it kind of clicked. And I said to my parents, I think I should go to Montenegro. And my parents didn't know anything about it. Um, they did some research and then I think in a few weeks time, I had begun my admission with them and I was going over end of November. So obviously a clinic which is located in the United States is not very accessible to Australians. And the expense of both the travel plus the treatment puts a visit to Montenegro out of reach of the vast majority of Australians. But Carolyn's model of care works wherever it's implemented. And it works for all eating disorders, regardless of the specific diagnoses, from anorexia and bulimia nervosa all the way through to binge eating disorders. You can mix the different diagnoses, but obviously there's important things to pay attention to because they're not the same. But when you're in a group with the different patients who meet different criteria, I mean, one of the most important things to say is, look, you're all here because you have an unnatural relationship with food and food and weight have taken a unusual priority in your life and, and including how you evaluate yourself. So what we're gonna do is get back to a, a natural, um, healthy, and I healthy in quotes, each person finds what's what's appropriate for them, you know, um, a, a yeah. healthy relationship to food and your body. That, that's the goal. And so you can mix diagnosis. You have to be transparent. You have to be open about it. You have to say things when you're running groups like, you know, the people with binge eating disorder might say things like, oh, you know, we admire all the all you guys who have anorexia because you have such willpower and you have to be astute as a clinician say things like, that's not willpower. If she really had willpower, she would eat this cookie right now. It is kind of funny, but I, I like to use humor. And I say this, you know, you have to be able to know how to show people 
when they think, you know, their logic has turned on its head. And although they think they might be in total control, you can show them that that's not really control because if it was really control, you could eat it and、yeah. not eat it. But your brain now is hijacked and obligates you to not eat the cookie. So you no longer have free will or control like you think you do. Things like that. Carolyn Coston's model of care is a truly holistic approach. It manages to walk the line where mental health meets physical health with remarkable results. And it's no wonder so many Australians had been making the journey to the United States at great expense. I was so malnourished. I was there for five and a half months. My brain had completely changed with food. You know, I was able to see things more clearly. Um, I was able to like create relationships with the people in the house.、Um, and I remember all the nurses I got along with so well by the end of it.、Um, and I think that really brought me back to life. And I'd never had to work on that sort of stuff.、Um, so, yeah, the intensiveness and the food and the habit breaking and the lovingness. Of the staff really was the difference to me. And while it was an overwhelmingly positive experience, there were still drawbacks to having to travel overseas for this kind of treatment. It was hard <laughs> for the first few weeks. And also, I was in a different country. You know, I didn't、yeah. have people to just phone. You know, there was a phone booth and people would always be in there.、Um, So, yeah, it was yeah,、right. yeah, pretty intimidating. And my mum could come once a day, but there's only so much you can do in a house、um, that's not yours.、Um, but yeah, I mean, I had such a great support back home and like checking in on me when they could.、Um, but yeah, I think the main thing that helped me was, you know, breaking all the rules、um, 24/7 care. Yeah. Um, even though you get that in a hospital, they don't have the right team there. Everyone was in the same boat. Wandi Nerida will offer a, a very specific service. So it's not going to be for everyone, but it is a much needed service and it, and it does close a gap in services.、Um, so it, it provides a potential solution for, for people who are particularly medically stable, but they feel stuck with their eating disorder, or people who have received life saving care in a In a hospital setting, but、um, but they they just feel that they, they're ready to do that work now. Sienna considers herself extremely lucky to have been able to go overseas and spend time at Montenegro. She hopes that having a similar facility in Australia is going to open this kind of treatment up to far more people. I think it's long overdue,、um, but I think it's very beneficial and needed. It's pretty sad that there's probably a lot. Of other people who aren't able to go to places like Montenegro、um, for multiple reasons.、Um, and the only like, reason that they aren't able to get help is because of that. We want to make sure that the model works and we want to be fair to people. So we want to、um, offer the service to people who are in the right stage、um, and you know, for the, the people who, for whom it's going to be the most beneficial. So, it is a national service. It's、um, partly funded by,、um, or the setup was funded by、um, the federal government. So, it's really, even though it's based in Queensland, it's not only for Queenslanders. 
Kevin Barrow says Butterfly's vision is for Wandanera to be a truly unique experience which fills a gaping hole in Australia's healthcare system. We have made the facility uh, in line with the requirements for a licensed private facility, which means uh, all the quality of care is there to be called a hospital. We very much don't want it to look and feel like one. It's designed to look and feel like a home. And the staff working in uh, that environment are really there to tailor therapy, uh, care for that individual. They'll eat meals with the individual and they'll be part of their recovery journey. And the problem is if it looks, feels and smells like a hospital, it probably is. And that's very much the environment that we're not trying to have here. Wanda Nerida could be the beginning of a revolution in treatment available to the growing number of Australians who suffer from eating disorders. And Butterfly says right now, that's around a million Australians. And remember, this is the mental illness with the highest mortality rate. You could say this centre is vital, but it's not open yet and it's facing setbacks. After a hugely difficult and costly year in 2020, we've had a global pandemic and devastating bushfires, the Queensland government has knocked back a crucial funding request. We have um, received some funding from the federal government to enable us to build the facility. Um, Philanthropy helped us purchase the land and we worked with our charity partner, NBED, in the initial phases of, of building the facility. Moving forward, though, we want to make sure that this facility is open to all Australians, independent of their financial circumstances. So this level of care can be quite expensive. There's a a high number of staff involved, and we're seeking to raise funds to ensure that those people who maybe don't have private insurance or don't have the financial means to pay their way to the facility, uh, we can subsidise their attendance. Carolyn Costin's results speak for themselves. She's helped thousands of people recover from eating disorders. It's been a long time since I've told people I had an eating disorder. Yeah, I just needed to have a clean slate, figure out who I really was. And now, I mean, people would ask me, I'd say, yeah, I had an eating disorder and recovered. You were born with a core healthy self, and over time you developed an eating disorder self. And it doesn't get its power from the outside. It's not like some alien being, you know, invaded you. You give it its power. And so my work involves strengthening your healthy self, and that part of you heals your eating disorder. If I could do it, so could you. I want to say I really believe that people can get better but I think they have to work in a collaborative place and they have to deal with the battle not being between you and a treatment team or you and a therapist or you and your mom, you know. The battle is between you and you and, and, and you um, beginning to talk back and learn how to strengthen your healthy self so it becomes back in control again. So if you've heard about this treatment plan for the first time and you're interested, you think Wanda Nerida might help you or you know someone you think it might help, you can take action now, even though the centre isn't yet open. At the moment, because we're not open yet, there's also an expression of interest uh, button on our website. People can actually send us, they can fill in a form and we can then update them on the developments and when we're ready for referrals, we can alert them. 
it's been a really challenging year. It's been challenging yeah. for everyone uh, with uh, mental health uh, issues within Australia, but particularly for eating disorders, COVID's really been a, a perfect storm. And as a result, there's a huge level of demand on services across Australia. And while those COVID restrictions around the country are starting to change, Butterfly is expecting that there will be long-term impacts from the pandemic. So one the narrator um, is there to make a difference. It won't be for everybody, but we believe it will fill a gap in the system of care. And certainly at this point in time, uh, there are a huge number of people in need. So we're looking forward to getting this facility open and providing a new level of care in the Australian park. If you're struggling with an eating disorder or you just think you need some support, you can call the Butterfly National Helpline on 1800 33 4673. Easy way to remember that, that's 1-800-ED for eating disorder, HOPE. 1-800-ED-HOPE. You can also chat online or check out all of the resources available on the website at butterfly.org.au or email support at butterfly.org.au. Now, if you want to find out more about Wanda Narita or you'd like to support it, go to wandanerida.org.au. That's W-A-N-D-I-N-E-R-I-D-A.org.au. Recovery is possible, but access to effective services is essential. The number for the National Helpline, again, 1-800-334673. The Butterfly Podcast is an Icon Media production for the Butterfly Foundation. It's hosted, edited, and produced by Sam Icon with the assistance of Belinda Kerslake and Camilla Beckett. The theme music is from Cody Martin with additional music from Breakmaster Cylinder. Special thanks in this episode to Carolyn Coston, Sienna Armati, Zach DeBeer, and Butterfly CEO Kevin Barrow. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is to share it with someone you think is going to get value from it. You can find it by searching Butterfly Let's Talk wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>